the Tenuous Links podcast, home of the Golf Barons. Offering bloviated opinions on all things golf, discussing the game's biggest problems and some solutions to them as loosely as possible. Come add some swagger to your swing. Hello Barons, welcome to the Tenuous Links Golf Podcast, home of the Golf Barons. Joining me today on the show, we have Davman back. Good to be back, gents. And Grumpy Phil, as always. Philly? Yep. Dav, let's kick things off with a bit of uh, bit of love. It's been a while. Gents, I, I'm i loving what I'm seeing for season three. Season three, we've been... <laughs> we've, we've got a few ideas on the table. We're, we're starting to assemble what's looking like a really exciting season. And, and I'm loving that a few of my ideas are scraping, are scraping through um, what, the gatekeepers... Name of the year two, um, and and if, and a few a few of my concepts. Let's just pat myself on the back. A few of my concepts might make it through to season three for the fans out there. Keep an eye out. Um, but yeah, look, looking forward to to getting started, guys. This is a bit like the voice, Dev. So what we've actually done this season for ahead of season three is we've taken a bigger group of ideas, but then there has to be a harder cull. So what we wanted to do was give everyone a chance yeah. to say you could be a superstar, except for the fact yeah. you. Except, Except you, you won't, won't be. <laughs> <laughs> so I've made it through to the cut, you've, have I, uh, Phil? And I'm about, to, I'm about to be chopped. You've made it to the weekend, Dad, Dad. The good news is yeah. that more of your ideas have made the cut than mine. I couldn't even turn a chair. <laughs> <laughs> not even not even Jessica Malboy turned around for you. <laughs> That's saying something. Good love, Dev. Good love, Dev. Shooter, have you... What, what are you loving... I've got, a, I've got a, yeah, I've got a love this week. Um, I love being able to relate to professional golfers, and I've got two two instances this week of relatability. Phil, boy, can I relate to Nana Kurtz Madsen's uh, bunker <laughs> play at the final hole of the Women's Open at Carnoustie, the the eighteenth hole there, wonderful hole, famous hole. Uh, there she is in a position to challenge for the title. Um, it was a pretty tough bunker shot by by any estimate. It wasn't wasn't brutal but it was pretty tricky anyway so she shanks it straight right off El Hozel finishes t5 there's the first example the second one Cam Smith's tee shot in the first playoff hole at the Northern Trust almost um almost straight right really is he described it himself as a uh, a little bottomy and a little bit healy and it just blew up in the wind and went a long ways right I'd probably call it a super strong fade I just love that when these these sorts of things happen and you go yeah I know exactly how he's feeling there's a win in sight and it's all over after one terrible shot. That, for me, is a very relatable situation. And that's one of the great things about the game is that the power fade, you start to say, hey, I can hit that. I actually can hit that shot. I might go to the range. Hang on. If I were to be allowed to go to the range, I might go to the range and practice that and actually work on that shot. It was a very Healy. Um, I, I did get a text message from um, from a, a dear friend uh, to the show, being guy from City, um, just about the, the shot and that low Healy. I mean, you could actually... Uh, you could see the contact. You didn't need him to explain what had happened. You knew that the only way a ball flies like that is when it has come low and heel side. And it, it was just a classic heel gash cut. The the shot tracer on it or shot tracker was uh, didn't didn't leave anything to the imagination but though. Rainbow's always been welcome in New York, so it's just another one. So that was that was my love, Phil. Um, actually, I might as well throw in my hate while we're there. I hate that that happened to Smithy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I really, really wanted him to win that. Um, and I'm not overly jingoistic when it comes to golfers. As you know, I have my favourites from 
you know, so many different countries around the world. But Cam Smith, he's, a, he's an absolute star in the making, if not already a star. And sad to see that, that it happened to him. I would, however, like to attack him with some shearing cheers, but we won't go into that. Have you got a love for us, Philly? His time will come. I've actually got, unsurprisingly, I've got a couple of loves. Um, one of them is just a, a goal. You're talking about Cam Smith's golf shot and relatable golf shots. Mm-hmm. My love is a golf shot that is unrelatable, but I wish it was relatable, um, which is Lucas Herbert's second shot into 18 at the, at the Boise Open. This low spinner that just, every like my dream shot, I declared it a number of times, that is my dream golf shot that I cannot hit that he hit with control and and with control when under extreme amounts of pressure because it ultimately was the difference between him um, being welcomed onto the PGA Tour and having to fight another week to get there. And now he can actually go out and fight for position. Which So I, I love that. I loved my little mini love is the Open Championship, whether it's men's or women's, is just the best. Um, it, it is it, it is just the best in terms of the purity of golf and links golf and everything else. But, but my real love and probably based more on our current circumstances and funnily enough relate to my hate i love golf dreaming at a time when again you can't be allowed to play golf and i was looking in ireland in donegal at rosa penner um and rosa penner has a old tom morris designed golf course that had had adjustments made by harry varden and harry colt it's like the best of both worlds. The greatest of all time have all had a say in um, in the old links at, at Rosa Pennant. So I was allowed myself to dream and then got woken up this morning and this and it stung a little with some images of a once friend to the show, John from Chicago, playing Pacific Dunes. Um of shots of the beach and of him with his pretending to be young, windswept hair. Um, just everything about it coincided with, yesterday I'm dreaming about Rosa Penner. I wake up this morning and I'm resenting people who not only get to have a dream, but they get to live it. Frankly, a little annoying. But that's my hate. Dave, did you have a hate in your list? Well, my hate is is just sitting here just thinking about how an appropriate at a time it would be to start filming for season three, knowing how many times we get held up. Not that I'm complaining. <laughs> People got to play golf. But the amount of times we've got to, we've got to stop, stop rolling. Through the course of a day, we would probably lose an hour, a couple of hours. The ability to, the ability to get on course and, and film. We, we would film the season in a week, gents. <laughs> right now not with our and, talent <laughs> but we uh we can't get anywhere near the joints and that's uh it's it's just it's it's irking you're, me you're so. in the wrong state boys yeah, state of mind <laughs> we've um we we would have had a great opportunity to have to actually test out every one of your theories to actually see whether we could get a second rehearsal to make sure they make the cut <laughs> exactly. um, but no i can assure you the good ideas we for season three actually will be dabs <laughs> there's very little doubt about that um but we can't wait to can't wait to get going. Just as another aside, Shooter, mm-hmm. um, and it's a little bit topical, do the US team are going to great lengths to make sure that Patrick Reed doesn't play the Ryder Cup? He's, um, he's in hospital currently with pneumonia in both lungs um, that might have been, I mean, he did have a, a fair trip over to the Olympics and back, but being um, slightly leaning 
more in Trump's direction, there's been a strong suggestion that pneumonia, geez, it's coinciding with a lot of COVID. <laughs> oh, poor Patty, poor Patty. Will he get up? Where, where do you where do you sit? Do you think he'll make it? He, he can't, if he's got pneumonia, uh, this is it's only what three weeks away. Um, mm. Yeah, if he's got pneumonia, you don't recover from that in a month. Uh, little, little alone in three or four. So I hope he's okay because I do. He is forgetting all the negative. He's, he's a superstar. He's a flusher, um, and we do, we do hope he recovers. But it was sort of pneumonia, COVID, pneumonia, COVID. Anyway, it's topical. <laughs> it's a... Six of one. It, it sounds like you're trying to blame him uh, for something that's not really his responsibility, Phil. Well, I, I wonder whether or not uh, they've tried to avert blame by just saying, "Here, no, drink this. No, no one else has touched the cup." Just have this. You'll be you'll be fine. You'll be fine. So that we can actually move on, and rather than blame him, as you say, for um, for disruptions within the team or for responsibility or otherwise, we can we can just move on and be better at it. Um, and the blame game came up a lot. Um, you mentioned Cam Smith's drive on eighteen. Um, it was fascinating to watch Cam Smith's response versus Bryson's response from a couple of months ago. Where Cam Smith came out and said, you know, my driver has cost me a few tournaments this year, um, you know, and it's something that I've got to work on. It makes me more determined to try and figure it out before the end of the year. So he's he's just so initially you look at that and you go, geez, is he blaming the equipment? But he's just too good a human to do that. No, he said I've got to work it out. No, he's blaming. He's actually blaming his driving. Yes, if you, if you, yeah, it's just poorly phrased. Ab- absolutely, <laughs> he is taking responsibility. He's taking absolute responsibility for breaking down under pressure. Whereas Bryson saying, well, my driver's crap. Um, it was just fascinating. So this idea of taking responsibility. And then John Rahm, um, as we know, doesn't mind a blame, um, hit a drive on, I think it was 17, and then was glaring to the right of the tee, like pulled away the first time, hit his drive, and then glared to the right of the tee as if he was hoping someone was there he could blame. Like a caddy you suggesting, perhaps? I'm suggest it was either a caddy or there's no a, one in the crowd. A marshal, because there no, was no, no crowd there. But he certainly gave someone a, a hell of a glare. And then again, the little sook of, oh, this hole, you know, same hole, same bunker, same hole screws me over again at Liberty National. Well, Tony Fennell seemed to handle it okay, the Fennell Fennell. And as Kipper said, he is a jet. So um, if anyone was going to win on tour, in fact, this was a point that was made, that if anyone was going to win on tour and beat Cam Smith, for now, it's not a bad one. Yeah, no, that's a fair call. Just on, just on Bryson quickly. Is uh, has Cobra told him to jog on yet? Has there been any developments that anyone's seen? <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> gone decidedly quiet uh, mm. on that whole front, which is interesting in itself. And I think, you know, in the lead up to the, the Ryder Cup, there'll be a lot of other distractions that'll come in play. Something else is bound to happen over the next two FedEx Cup events um, that will create. A really nice tension. Now, with the Ryder Cup coming up, it's it's arguably one of the most pressure-packed tournaments uh, that we we see in the world of golf. P- pressure is a funny thing, and it does different things to different people. What are some of the times that you felt pressure playing sport? Um, not necessarily just golf, but have you felt pressure and and sort of what happened and how did you overcome it? Dad, let's kick off with you. Well, I'm glad you I'm glad you um, uh, said that it didn't have to be <laughs> golf because. Just standing in front of a golf ball is enough pressure for me. Um, it's an interesting one. I, I in, in my sporting life, um, I played, as, as you guys know, basketball to a, a reasonable level. Um, there were certainly pressure games and then there were pressure moments, which I think are two different things. I think 
pressure moments sort of come upon you. You don't you don't get a time to to prepare or give them a lot of thought. So I think um, the execution under that kind of pressure is different. And I think some people really excel in those moments. And I think pressure games, and I'm sure it's similar with golf coming into a, a pressure round, would be different to the pressure you'd face on the 18th. You know, your neck and neck in a playoff. And I think, you know, for me, coming into big games, grand finals, things like that, um, I tend to overthink it. I tend to um, probably inhibit my performance to some degree. But then I think pressure moments I love. Like I I seem to just... I seem to just be able to perform and execute in really high pressure moments. There's, you know, a couple of of big shots were made along the journey, (laughs) gents. (laughs) um, But I, I think, you know, and I think about some of the things that I learned studying psych and, and, and sports psych. And, and I, I just love the theory of arousal and performance as a, as a kind of a bell curve and everyone's sort of peak performance as a, as a consequence of, of a certain arousal level is different. So, you know, you've got a certain level of arousal that'll make you execute, make you super focused on the task. Uh, and then if your arousal goes above that, then your performance drops massively. And if your arousal is below that, your performance lags as well. So that's why I think you've got some people that, you know, they've got to hit a game winner or they've got to, you know, kick a ball from 50 to win the game or hit a, hit an awesome drive to, to, to you know, stay in a round or whatever. That that's when they're at their best because their arousal is at a point where they're just like super focused. And then there's others that really need to kind of, you know, calm themselves down in that moment just to be able to execute. I think my arousal level at uh, playing pool is about eight or nine beers. <laughs> Depending on where you're playing at the time too. That would... Perfect, perfect arousal level. Just maintain the best, best form at that point. Because it's an interesting one. We spoke a lot about the the pressure and the idea of of handling pressure um, when we spoke about the hunter versus the hunted and feeling the weight of expectation on you. But but I think it, it continues to be reinforced when you look at two things that happened again in the most recent event. You look at Cam Smith's drive having um, shot 31 on the back nine uh, on the last day, went under the pressure, went under immense pressure, but there was a flow there versus that, that one drive where all eyes were on you on 18 um, in the playoff. I, I thought I saw, in, in terms of being able to add pressure to an event or an, or a moment, um, I thought as the wind seemed to be picking up, because for now is so strong and so long, I wondered whether or not he might have taken a little bit longer to get some advice from the caddy in the hope that the wind continued to pick up, knowing that he had the strength to make it through it. But the reality is, is that all the eyes were on that moment. And I think the only thing, maybe when it comes to basketball, the equivalent would be a free throw or a three throw, as Kipper would say, to win a game. Um, but in golf, in golf, the whole eyes of the world were on that one shot and, he, and he'd hit it over and over and over again. And it, is it, was it pressure or actually just was it just a bad swing? It wasn't. And bad swings happen. Had for now not flushed it down the guts, would do you think the same result would have happened? It's and who would know? I mean, it's yeah, it's just it gets you thinking, though, doesn't it? Was the pressure more because he knew where his opponent was? And we know ourselves, you know, it's like nearest the pin. If you hit it, you have a nearest the pin comp with your mate. He hits it or she hits it stiff, and you're like, oh, now the pressure is now more on you. Although it doesn't necessarily need to be. 
and you impose your own nervousness on a situation often in, in that thinking. And I've mentioned this before, but I remember watching Chewy um, play golf and it was at the Australian Open at Victoria Golf Club and the first hole was a really long par three. And I remember standing there watching him going, if this was me, I'd shank it. Gee, I hope he doesn't shank it. Whilst knowing that he's probably one of the best iron players that, that have come through the ranks in the last 30 years. So it wasn't a chance. But again, you sort of sit there going, if this was me with a left to right crosswind and my opponent's just darted it down the middle, there's only one place it's going, which is hitting my left ankle and going into the left gallery or it's going into the right water. But Cam's was... <laughs> anywhere but straight. It's Ultimately, it isn't anywhere but straight. But if we think about other pressure moments, though, for now's par putt, in regulation on the 18th, which was six foot long, that he just jammed in. Um, so those sliding doors moments, so that misses. And Cam Smith wins. That goes in and it just allows um, the momentum to to continue it. So is there a way of dealing with it, Dave? I know we asked Kipper from a, a, a more technical point of view and a swing point of view, but from a psychology point mm. of view, is there a method to deal with this idea of arousal or, or trying to actually meet your ideal arousal level, short of looking at magazines? What, what do you suggest? Well, I, I think it's it's why you see some players really try and rev themselves up and some players try to calm themselves down because they're trying to find that that moment, that point. And I've experienced it and, and I tend to be... It's funny because it, it, the, like where I've been most successful, it kind of matches my personality. I'm very much a... I need deadlines so that I miss them just by a little bit to get stuff done. <laughs> so a little bit, I need that. Yeah, I, I need that adrenaline <laughs> kick. I need that that kind of that drive. So, you know, there have been times where I haven't performed, and you see it. Yeah, I haven't performed all game, and then the game's close, and there's a minute to go, and then all of a sudden I'll just find it. And and you see play. I mean, I think there was a the the Celtics Lakers series where no one could hit a three for the entire series, and then it was the last game, and no one could miss. It was just like you know. So I think part of it is... A bit of psychological momentum. I think I think part no, of it's yes, the, the story you're kind of telling yourself. And it's not... I mean, I, I think like this whole visualization thing is a little bit overdone. But I do think that there are stories that you tell yourself in the moment. And like you just sort of said, you you become aware of certain things like wind, like sun, like, the, like your opponent, how you're feeling, like your own expectations about, uh, you know... Uh, do you have something to lose? Do you not have something to lose? I think all these things kind of race in your mind and impact your performance and, and, and the story you're telling yourself in that moment. And, and I guess how you're framing it so that you, you kind of tell yourself how much there is to lose in this moment versus whether you have that freedom to, to just play and execute. It's kind of like, you know, kicking for goal. Some players can, can, can kick a goal from 50 and you put them 30 out right in front and they'll miss every time because it's almost like risk reward that they, they, they have less excuse the closer they are. So I think if you feel like you have less excuse to execute, there's, there's probably more tension, more, more arousal. Whereas if you give yourself permission to, to make the mistake and then you just focus on, you know, if, if you sort of say to yourself, well, I know these are the three or four things I have to do to execute this skill just do those and whatever the result is, is out of my hands. I tend to find that those people tend to execute better. Surely the results have to play an uh, important point with this as well, Dav, in that um, having done it before, having done it previously, you've got that positive um, association and it's every time you do it, it becomes easier and easier because you've done it so mm. many times before. Um, 
like I look, I think of Cam Smith now, Phil. Next time he's in a playoff, I don't know how he would not be thinking. Oh, last time I was here, like how how do you block that from your memory? And at some point, you've just got to you've got to accept it and overcome it, I suppose. But um, again, Tiger winning, w- winning's a habit, and you know, as you win one, you win two, win three. Once you get on that roll, you you start to not just you start to believe, but everyone around you starts to believe it too, and it becomes this self um, fulfilling prophecy. So the the key question then for mine is talking about average golfers, um, and we'll deal with with golf or basketball. But Dave, just getting on the basketball thing. So with your deadlines, when you said you know if you're a little bit late for a deadline, so you hit a lot of game winning shots just after the final buzzer. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, t- but, I tell does, myself that I've got uh, less time than I have. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, that old trick. <laughs> Give have the wrong time. But does pressure? Does pressure? Um, it, it must vary with ability. Does it go up or down? With ability um, and this idea of pressure versus expectation. So, so does pressure? Do you feel under more pressure um, if you if the level of expectation says to Kem Smith, you should hit this in the fairway because you're an elite professional golfer, aiming to be one of the greats, um, or or is someone under more pressure where you put Damo in that situation? Same result. Say, this is for a club. Yeah, but this is for a, a club championships or trying to win against 11 of your mates mm. on a golf trip I've got to hit the fairway there's water the whole way down yeah. the right it's the 10th hole at Sanctuary Cove Pines there's water the whole way down the right I've just got to hit the fairway um, so so this does pressure go up or down with ability um, well I mean I've never been elite at golf <laughs> so so I, I, I don't I don't know from a golfing standpoint but i think it's i think it also has to do with um like i think if you're a professional golfer playing with other professional golfers i don't think that i should hit this fairway because i'm a professional comes into it because in that context you're all professionals if you're playing with people beneath you then i think that pressure is real but i think i think the pressure at the elite level is more about um is more about matching the other person knowing that they are executing and that you you also have to execute and i think you're you're kind of aware from practice i'll hit this fairway nine times out of ten so are you telling yourself geez i hope this isn't that one time or maybe it's you know maybe it's 49 out of 50 i I don't know what what that skill level is but are you telling yourself don't be don't make this the one that misses versus i know that if i execute i'll 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 make that make it happen from a basketball context it's interesting and you talk about free throws i feel like i can tell just on the point of release when a player is going to miss a free throw because something in in their technique something in their arms and their hands changes visually in the pressure moments like the ones that never miss they are and this is what they say they are they are identical shot to shot no matter what they will miss occasionally, but the execution of the skill is identical. And then the players that tend to have a, a reputation for missing a lot of free throws and they're under that pressure, you see their technique change just slightly. Like they'll pull out of the shot, they'll sort of poke at it. I think it's similar with football. They always talk about how they kind of poke at it rather than kicking through it. I do wonder whether you can, like someone like Kipper or you, you two could see a golfer, his swing change when there's pressure just because of that pressure. And then that's going to impact outcome as well. So I think for me, the execution of the skill is in the physical and then where the ball goes should be irrelevant if you're executing the skill as well as you can. So 
I, I think that most professionals would be trained and taught by, by their psychologists, by their coaches, that these are the things you have to nail, tick these boxes in your execution of the skill and the outcome should be the same. And so it's in that where the error takes place. And they'll know, they'll feel it. They'll feel the, the, the difference. Oh, there's no doubt that Cam Smith would have felt a difference, um, difference in his swing. They give him a thousand, thousand balls at a range and he wouldn't do that once. So it's clear that the pressure has has been the the cause of it, and I think it's impacting his attention because there's there's new variables, attention things, there's crowd, there's his own internal monologue telling him this this situation's different, and that will be taking his attention away from the execution of what he's trying to do. So should he have felt under any more pressure standing on the eighteenth tee than Domo standing on the tenth tee playing with eleven mates, knowing that he needs to make a six for a win, but there's water the whole way down the right side. So is it is it uh, is the relationship between expectation, ability, and pressure a, a clear one in that the better your ability, the greater the expectation, but the actual level of pressure remains the same because you're you are more skilled. So expectation has to come into. So I I'm watching Cam mm-hmm. Smith expecting him to hit it down the middle. Does that add pressure or implied pressure in the mind of the elite athlete, or does it actually it's completely irrelevant because why am I sitting there on the 18th tee wondering what Phil's thinking that I'm about to do? As opposed to, as I say, when I was thinking about Chewy and his, uh, and hitting off at, at Vic, that idea of imposing what I think I would do in that situation, which is obviously panic, <laughs> potentially go to water, maybe have an air swing and then concede. I think it's about how much the person has to lose in that moment and what that means to the person. So someone who's, like, someone who's an amateur like me and says, well, if this guy misses this shot, how embarrassing it's going to be for him. But if he's just won a bunch of tournaments, he's got another one coming up soon. He's already a multimillionaire that like it's, I guess it's maybe it doesn't mean as much to him as I think it does. Like, I'm not saying it doesn't mean anything to him, but I, I feel like maybe the pressure is comparable to Damo on the 10th with his mates trying to beat his mate. That is a bit of a dick <laughs> or whatever it might be. It's playing what's important Phil. to the individual and how the... <laughs> well, you weren't playing with Jaws or Cam, I can tell you that much. Yeah, whereas I think if, if you're going to say it's, you know, the 18th, it's the Masters, you know, I mean, think about some of the big choking moments and what those moments, why we remember them is because what was at stake and what was lost. You know, we don't we don't talk about the, the guy that choked, you know, at the preliminary rounds. We, it's always the big moments, yeah. right? And so they're the real moments where can you block out that pressure and execute execute the skill um, because there are so many new variables that you can't you can't prepare for unless you're in those moments you can't you can't prepare for a game winner in a game seven an NBA, of an NBA finals or a or a shot on goal in an AFL grand final or you know a, a putt to win a US Masters you. you the only exposure you get to that is being in the moment enough times. and it- I'm not sure that you can't try and replicate it to a degree, Dave. That's why people, you, 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 if you want to talk about football again, you, you talk about the Alistair Clarkson scenario with Hawthorne, how they've they practiced every pressure situation that could arise and that's why they became so good at it because they had been there, not actually been there, but they'd been there, um, at least mentally been there, several times um so i think to a degree we can reduce the pressure obviously you can't replicate it we to 100 percent, right. but there is a way around it i guess yeah oh I, yeah i definitely agree i think you can prepare to a point and if and if 
that preparation has given you that confidence. I think you're you're much you're going to be much better, much more capable of blocking out some of some of those sort of um, those new stimuli in that scenario versus people that haven't really thought about it or haven't practiced enough. And, and they always say trust the process, trust the process. Like if in team sports, if you know, well, I go here, the ball's tapped here. You, you you've gone through those scenarios. You can then just sort of in that pressure of real high arousal, you can just rest on the process and trust that it's going to happen versus this is a really new experience. I haven't really prepared for this. And I think that's where it's a bit different with golf because, you know, you, you don't have complete control over where the ball is or what the conditions are doing or where you're putting from or the distance. You know, it's sort of like, it's it's almost a novel scenario every time to a degree. So, I think that's why golf's a bit unique in that respect. And the pressure is, is arguably greater. Philly, have you ever found yourself in a pressured situation? No, and that's what I was trying to... I mean, of course, I'm the Iceman, so I don't feel pressure. But again, this idea of ability and trust in ability. So I remember, like, I wasn't anywhere near Dad's level of basketball, but one thing I could do was shoot free throws. Uh, and I do remember, from a basketball point of view, being in a, a final, playing at Diamond Valley um, with a group of, of friends and having someone trash talk... There was two shots and we're one point behind and the game was finished and he was trash talking me. Uh, and I was trash talking him back whilst lining up free throws because I was so confident that they would both go in. Um, so it actually didn't matter. But I think part of that releasing the pressure valve, as Dave was talking about this, trying to get this ideal level, level of arousal, I was trying to, to probably douse it, not fire myself up by needing to relieve some of that pressure by, by speaking back. From a golf point of view... Um, Mine will relate back to um, the Walker Cup, the real Walker Cup, not the one played by the elite amateurs, um, at Yarrawonga last year, where I stood on the last tee, um, tied for the lead, had a sense that I was tied for the lead, but I was probably fortunate that I didn't know that I was. And needing to stand up there with driver with a slight left or right wind, knowing that I'm not a very good driver of the golf ball, I'm certainly not very long. But being able to to just hit a fairway and actually hit it pretty well reminded me that it was kind of like a breakthrough moment that maybe I can do that. But as a result of that, my expectation of my uh, self went up for future rounds of golf. So my ability hadn't necessarily improved, but my expectation went up, which meant that subsequently I felt more pressure um, on non-pressure tee shots. And that is, for me, that's the first tee shot of the day of any round is the most pressure that I will feel short of playing a short of playing a match. And this this idea of remember that one you hit well when you're under pressure is not enough anymore for me to fall back on. Um, and that's my concern. I mean, like like this is why I say is that there's this relationship, ability, expectation and pressure. As your ability goes up, the expectation of what you should achieve goes up. But does the pressure commensurately go up? Or should the pressure not come down because you're just more Capable. Cam Smith is entirely capable. It was just one bad swing that you can't stop a swing halfway through um, what's going on because there's such minute moving parts. There's, there's, a, uh, there's a theory I, I really love and I've actually tried, like working with some other athletes, I've tried it on them and it freaks them out. But there's this, you talk about this visualization of success, right? People always talk about, you see yourself doing it, succeeding, I actually like the idea of the opposite, where you visualize it, visualize yourself stuffing up, right? You visualize yourself um, just butchering it, accepting that as a possibility, 
um, dealing with it, realizing it's not the end of the world and then stepping up and executing. Because I think, like how many times have you been in a situation where you've hit a bad shot and you're like, nah, I need to hit it again. And then you, you because you've got the bad one out of the way, you've then executed the skill correctly. I, I, I just, I really like that theory. I'd, I'd love to know whether there are any professional athletes that <laughs> visualize themselves <laughs> just screwing up massively on the biggest stage. <laughs> coming to terms with it and then going out and executing and they're actually better for it uh, yeah it's just <laughs> I, I love the I guess the contradiction you're like the anti-Freud I am I'm the <laughs> <laughs> ideally not with the javelin depth um, so I think it depends on what sport or maybe um, maybe anything underwater let's not talk about that but it's funny you say that because I the number of times as you start to doubt your ability, the number of times I stand on tees, and it's it's not a throwaway line, it's a genuine thought where I'll say, I don't even know why I'm looking at that tree. Or how is it possible that house over there is now in my line of sight when it's 50 degrees, 60 degrees to the right of anywhere that you could potentially head with your worst shot ever. But but these things, when you start to doubt your ability, and I don't I don't have a solution for it, but when you start to doubt your ability, you start to see things that, don't exist like that branch that branch is about to be hit by my golf ball Mm. and often it gets hit um but it was nowhere near it or should have been nowhere near it um and that's but this idea of of positive positive imagery yeah that's why i think if you if you actually picture yourself hitting the thing you're trying to avoid then you'll you'll because i think in that moment and I think about it with skill execution. You, you're you're nervous and you're under pressure because you're worried about failing, and so you know they say if you if you whatever you're worried about, you'll be drawn towards. So then, get that out of the way in your mind. Just picture yourself failing, and then going. You know what? It's if I miss this part, it's not the end of the world. If I miss this drive, it could happen. It's not the end of the world. I can deal with it. And then you 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 eliminate that fear. The fear's gone, or at least it's gone to a degree. And then you can step up and execute because you know you see it in, you know, LeBron James get cops a bad rap for never taking a game winner winner anymore, and it's probably because he's afraid of missing and 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 the flack he's going to cop on Twitter. <laughs> so I do wonder whether if he just pictured himself shooting it and <laughs> putting up a brick, he'd probably feel a little more comfortable about taking the shot. I don't know. Or he just confirm why he doesn't want to have a shot. <laughs> yeah, well, there's that. I too. just love, I just love the fact that basketball's taken a prominent role in. <laughs> but again, I, 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 I think about you know some of the the big shots that I've hit, and, and again, it comes back to that story element where I think, would I have hit that shot if I'd sat the whole game on the bench and the coach threw me in to try and win the game for us? Versus, I've been in the game, I've been in the process, I've felt the ebbs and flows, I've seen a few shots go in. There's a story around this moment that I've been a part of and I feel like because I've been on the floor and I've been involved, I'm, I'm far more likely to make that shot than in a scenario where, yeah, I just get thrown in to save the day. I haven't really felt connected to the game. I haven't felt a part of the process. So, you know, I, I don't know whether how that translates to golf, whether it's, you know, what you're talking about, hitting the first tee versus, you know, your last tee shot, whether the pressure changes because you've gone through the game, you've 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 built a story in your own mind about how the game's going are you more likely to butcher the first one versus the last one i know i'm more likely to butcher the first one but that's just because i'm an amateur <laughs> you're amongst friends dev that's the most important thing you're amongst friends pressure is a funny thing though phil and you've talked about that first tee uh, the most pressure i've ever felt was um was at the first tee 
at the Portsea Pro-Am back in, oh, I want to say, 2010, 2010 or so. And it was the, it was the old Portsea um, setup. So I'm, we're standing there. There's a big stand around the old first tee, a couple of thousand spectators there, there watching. Now, you tell me if this is not the most pressure, knowing me. There's a car park with vehicles likely to have been worth bloody more than Amazon today, stationed, shall we say, in my Cam Smith playoff tee shot region. <laughs> Everything there was set up. There's like Mercs and, and Ferraris and all these things. Everything was set up for me to slice one into a Bentley. And I was, I've never felt more nervous in any sport, even though this was not my, this is not a sport that I was overly competent at. And I was just shaking on the tee. And we got announced to the, um, to the tee and everyone's, yeah, clapping. And then it goes quiet. And I, I hate that quiet because then I can hear myself panicking. And anyway, I ended up pulling it hard left into the next fairway, yeah. which was nice. Logical. But, but my word, never been that nervous. So yeah, pressure, pressure in golf is is a different kind of pressure. And I think we feel it. And I think we feel it. the reality is amateurs feel it more. And I think a a twenty marker would feel it more than a ten marker, um, assuming all other things considered. Um, again, because. Ability. I think I think part of it is because you there's you have to hit the shot. There's no avoiding it in a, in a in a team sport environment. If you don't want it, you just give that responsibility to your teammate. Um, but in golf, you you have to hit. You have to ex- You know you have to execute it, or you're not playing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's it's either going to go well or it's going to go poorly. You, you su- you're no- suggesting it's not a great game if you don't actually play any shots, Dev. Yeah, so you have no choice, Dev, but to actually hit off when you're playing golf. You have no choice but to hit off, short of picking up your ball, conceding a, a wipe on the first hole in a Stablefoot event and just making your way to the second and enjoying the walk down the first. All pressure off. But but then does that take the pressure off the second tee shot or is it still a first tee shot phenomenon? We could go, we could explore this for hours with a lack of technical skill. Well, I think I think it explains when I'm in a bunker and I've and I've, I've I've taken two or three shots and the ball's still in the bunker. Then I'll get to eleven or twelve in frustration, just butchering at it because I I know that I have to be the one that gets it out of there. It's not it's not gonna it's not gonna be done for me. So let's just get to, to ten as quick as I can, and then let's get to the next hole. <laughs> just just one last one quickly, Philly. I had a I did have another um, a football related pressure moment. Under 15 football semi-final, very late in the game. We're down by four or five points, and I um, take a mark on the right side boundary, like right on right on the boundary there. And the sirens going any second now. But it, but this pressure was it was a kind of a different one because we had this team rule at the time uh, that you always had to center it from the boundary. You you weren't to take any shots from the from the boundary. So the pressure I had this pressure on me to to find a target, and they were all back flooded and all the rest of it. And that the pressure of finding a target then I felt at the time was greater than I felt taking the shot at goal. Um, but you, you got to do the team thing anyway. So I drill one to the, to a pretty it's a pretty tight lead. Drill one to the guy. Um, he spills it, bounces off his chest. Siren goes one or two seconds later, and we we lose by a kick to go into a grand final. And I was like, oh, I was gutted, but I'm like, oh, well, I did the right thing. The coach comes up to after the, afterwards and says, yep, you did the right thing, but geez, I was hoping you'd ignore the team rule and take the shot. And I was just like, you're kidding me. So it's 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 funny. It's funny how the mind works and again, in I, I, pressure I, situations. I wonder whether because of the team rule, had you taken a shot, whether they would have helped or hindered you, whether you, it would have given you permission. I would have kicked it to have it. wouldn't have mattered when you were a grand final. <laughs> It's that arousal. The arousal was peaking right where it needed. It was only 85 metres out, Dave. <laughs> Left foot barrel. 
That's right. The, the story continues to evolve over time. But it's, it is a fascinating thing because this pressure we, we feel every time we play golf or every time we do a lot of things, um, you know, the, the pressure to, to perform and to deliver in line with, with personal expectation. And it's something that is very real that everyone who's lucky enough to even play golf um, gets to experience um, or will this weekend while we're watching it on TV. So, Philly, do you feel more pressure standing on that first tee or standing on that first tee with the cameras rolling knowing that you've got to pull <laughs> something off for a challenge in the Dock Lounge Season 3? Uh, you know what? That's a really good question. I was actually going to bring that up as my as the more real um, pressure things that you do feel and without sort of pumping us up. Is that because all of this, um, this whole space is so foreign. Like, I've played a lot of golf over 35 years, but um, when... Someone says action, and you have to remember lines, or actually hit a golf ball doing a review. Or, uh, and I, I f- still fondly remember doing the ping glide wedge review, um, commonly known as the Hillary Swank. It, review. The Hillary Swank review, where you know it, I didn't have any choice but to not have the yips. Like I, I've got a bad short game. I'm doing a wedge review. And somehow, over 150,000 shots that I hit, the seven that I hit well are the shots that Dav ended up using in the cut because it just I just couldn't do it. And as I was getting more flustered, Dav, to your point, my arousal level was was getting rather high. And then all of a sudden, geez, it's hot. It's so cold. This is like this wind. Where's the wind? There's not enough wind too much. Um, <laughs> so, so the problem went over and over again. So to your point, um, from a golf point of view, um, do I feel more pressure actually playing golf or having to hit a shot and then doing something on film? The latter. Like, it's it's the best practice that I could possibly have to try and get better at the game, which I want to continue to do, is to have to hit shots when someone says, action, knowing that you're either losing light, it's getting towards the end of the day, or you've stuffed up so many times that everyone's fed up with you. So, so is there something that we can do that's, um, it's not going to get rid of the pressure, but just something that everyone can kind of do that'll just at least take the top off it, just ease it a little bit for you so that um, you don't feel as much of the pressure. Is there something simple that, that works for everyone or is it, is it just different for all? I think like my, my advice would be, I mean, if you're the sort of person that knows your game well enough and kind of has a fair idea of what your success rate is on any given shot, um, it would be to be realistic about, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm going to hit this seven out of ten times, or this is, you know, the shot I'm about to, to play is a bit of a hail mary. So accept that it's a high probability that, uh, that there'll be failure, and then I think know know your your shot, know your game well enough to know the the physical things that you have to execute. So if it is keeping your eye on the ball, making sure the backswing is slow, or whatever it is, the things that you do that help you to execute, just make sure you execute those. And then that, I think that almost transfers responsibility over to chance in a way, right? Like the, the, the worst thing you want is to know that you haven't executed a few things because of the pressure and that's the reason you missed the shot. I think if you just sit back and go, well, I know if I do these things, I've got a, a, the highest probability of success and I'm just going to accept that. And I think you'll probably have more good fortune <laughs> than bad. When all else fails, blame your kid. Absolutely. And on that perfect <laughs> note, we'll bring today's Tenuous Links Golf Podcast to a close. 
Be sure to sign up at golfbarons.com. Follow us on all our socials, Insta, Facebook and YouTube. And enjoy watching Golf Barons on KO and Foxtel On Demand. Thanks again for listening, Barons. And until next time, remember to add some swagger to your swing.